Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will offer reflections on the August jobs report, the state of the U.S. labor market, and a look at what to expect in the week ahead. Joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Brian Rose, Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Brian, welcome back. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Ben. Good morning, everyone. Just a few moments ago, we did receive the August jobs report. At first glance, it is a bit of a head turner. So I am curious to hear your thoughts, breakdown of the data, your reflections relative to your expectations heading into the release, and what the data suggests about the health of the U.S. labor market. Coming into the report, in the last two months, very strong payrolls, over 900,000 a month. And consensus was uh, over 700,000. And it came in way weaker than expected, even, you know, well below even the lowest uh, forecast, increasing by just 235,000. Uh, now, there were some upward revisions the previous month that added 134, another 134,000. But still, this is way weaker than expected. This is, you know, one of the biggest the misses ever in uh, in the history of of the payroll data. Uh, now, some of the other details uh, were were better. So, solid uh, uh, earnings. The unemployment rate came down to five point two percent. It's down two tenths. It's the lowest since the start of the the pandemic. And the problem that you have in interpreting this data is, you know, is this real? Has job growth really slowed this dramatically, this quickly, or is it some problem uh, with with noise in, in the data? And uh, you know, since the pandemic, we've had a lot of these uh, you know big misses in, in the data, and uh, you know a lot more noise in the data than uh, usual. And if you look at the details, you know, why were payrolls so much weaker? Uh, it was in leisure and hospitality. So this has been the main driver of job growth. In, over the last couple of months, uh, this is where we have a lot of spare workers, and this is where, you know, as we come out of the pandemic, you expect to see a lot of growth in, in uh, leisure travel, restaurants. But this time, leisure and hospitality had zero growth in payrolls. And when, that, when I saw that number, I thought, well, maybe they, you know, some kind of spreadsheet mistake or something. But no, apparently that's the real number: zero growth in leisure and hospitality, which again. Uh, has been the main driver of job job growth uh, recently. And within that, restaurants minus 41,000. So according to this data, restaurants lost 41,000 workers over the last month. And um, anyway, it's a bit hard to believe that these numbers are uh, real. I think it's uh, a big dollop of noise in the data. But it's also possible that COVID case counts uh, have risen very sharply in recent weeks, and it could be that you know there is a real impact there that the the pandemic is getting uh, worse, and that's had some impact on unemployment. So, you know, uh, again, I wouldn't overreact to this number. But it is, you know, very, very large miss to the downside. Well, Brian, thank you for the clarity on the jobs report and bringing to light some of these details within, of 
course, as you alluded to at first glance, the headline number is quite jarring. So thank you for helping us make sense of this month's release. Maybe outside of the August employment report, Brian, what were some other notable data releases over the past few days that you can share with us? Well, I'd say the, the most important release this week was the ISM Manufacturing PMI. This was actually a good report. Uh, it, the PMI itself went up a little bit. Uh, we're against the expectations of a, of a decline. And the details of the report were really quite positive. So production and orders increased, uh, but prices paid uh, were down, supplier delivery times down, inventories improving. Uh, so, you know, you take it together, and it seems like some of the shortages that manufacturers are dealing with are starting to ease. So, you know, some of the price pressure easing and... Uh, Inventories have been way too low, and it's actually a positive sign to see inventories uh, building. So that that was a, you know overall a good report, and then we had the more home price data up very sharply again. The Case Shiller twenty city index up nineteen percent year over year. That's a, a record high. So in just uh, incredible upward pressure on on home prices. Uh, but then we also had one ext- another extremely weak. Uh, data point that was vehicle sales uh, for August, only a 13 million annualized rate. Other than you know that period when the pandemic first hit, this is the worst number in a decade. And uh, I don't think demand is the problem. The problem is supply. So you know we're simply unable to produce the cars uh, because of chip shortages, and this uh, resulted in, in very weak sales. Okay, so some bright spots as you look back on the data calendar over the past few days, though it is a mixed bag when you take into account those vehicle sales numbers. So, Brian, thank you for the recap of economic data. Maybe we can follow up. I know since we last spoke, I want to get your thoughts on the Jackson Hole Symposium. That has taken place. Maybe, Brian, you can remind us of your key takeaways from the event and what the road ahead or the timeline might look like for tapering. So the basic takeaway from that uh, you know, Jackson Hole and Powell's uh, speech was that the Fed's ready to move forward with tapering. Powell, Powell revealed that he himself personally you know, thought it would be appropriate to start tapering this year. And because of all the promises that the Fed has made to give markets advanced warning before they start to taper, the timeline is very tight. If the Fed really wants to start tapering this year, they they need to announce the plan for how they're going to taper. So, you know, uh, basically how quickly, uh, how many billions of dollars a month are they going to reduce their purchases? That plan has to be announced at the next meeting, which is uh, three weeks from now. And they would formally announce the start date at the following meeting in early November, and, you know, this would let them start to taper in December before uh, the end of the year. Now, you know, in in this, though, obviously the labor data, data is critical. You know, you look at what Powell said or what was in the minutes of the, the previous FOMC meeting, you know, they're waiting for further improvement in, in the labor data. So this shock on the, on the payroll this morning, you know, it may not by itself be enough to delay the tapering, but I think the the COVID case counts might. So, uh, you know, we've been looking for for uh, the, the case counts to peak out, uh, and, uh, you know, it's taking longer than, than expected. Uh, if those case counts stay high 
And, you know, after this morning's payroll, I think, you know, the taper is likely to be uh, delayed. But if there's a convincing downturn, it looks like, okay, this wave is, is uh, you know, coming down. I think the Fed will go ahead with its plan and, again, uh, you know, announce, announce something at the next meeting. We have somewhat a defined path forward, so we'll see what comes in the next few weeks to few months. So, Brian, thank you for updating us on the Fed. Uh, maybe now turning to next week, I know it will be a holiday-shortened week. Financial markets here in the U.S. will be closed on Monday in observance of the Labor Day holiday. Though, what is taking place next week, Brian, that you will be keeping an eye on that could move markets? So we are getting some really important releases the next week. Um, we get the, the beige book from the Fed. This is, you know, um, they go out, talk to all their business contacts, ask them what's going on. This is really critical. You know, if the Fed's uh, going to uh, announce the tapering plan, I think uh, that decision will really depend on what the beige, beige book shows. So, if it shows signs of problems, especially, you know, if it verifies that there's a big slowdown in job growth, uh, you know, that will heavily influence the Fed's uh, decision. Uh, and we also get the JOLTS job openings uh, data. That hit a record high uh, last month and, uh, you know, another key indicator for uh, the labor market. I should also mention uh, we have uh, the ISM services uh, index out in in just uh, a few minutes so uh, that's out uh, this this morning and finally we get the producer price index and uh, we've seen in recent months extremely strong inflationary pressure at the producer level and the question is you know will this verify what the ism data show which is that uh, you know, some of that inflationary pressure is easing or are we going to get another big uh, increase now, this is very important for the inflation outlook because the price increases at the producer level get passed along into retail prices after a, a short delay. So if we seeing, you know, if we start to see inflationary pressures easing, uh, you know, here it'll give you some encouragement that you know inflation at the retail level. You know, at the CPI level, will start to, to slow in the months ahead. Quite a few data points to be mindful of next week, including that key inflation data. So, Brian, as always, do want to thank you for dropping by. Appreciate the clarity, breaking down that August jobs report for us. Very helpful, very timely. We will look forward to picking back up the conversation again soon. In the meantime, I wish you a restful Labor Day weekend, Brian. Thank you. Thanks very much. And again today, we've been joined by Brian Rose, Senior Economist Americas. As a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.
UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 